Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. Welcome back to our throwback series. I mean, this is really what this is. I, I called them the archives. I, I called them, you know, the Love Good Vault series. I had all these kind of lame names for this bonus series up until right now. Okay, this is the throwback series. We're hearing conversations with artists that were friends with our community of patrons before Love Good even existed in its current form. You know, we're at the beginning of a new year, which is also a wonderful time to remember where we came from, to push forward with new hopes and new dreams and new resolutions, yes, but to never forget where we came from, right? Both for good and for ill, where we came from, our foundation, right? With family, with friends, with place, okay? But certainly with a company like Lovegood, it's so important to never forget our origin. And this is a beautiful way for me to kind of take a walk down memory lane. And today I'm sitting down with Cimarelli, the pop sensation, okay? At the time, these were six sisters who became overnight successes thanks to YouTube. They started doing some cover music, some cover music videos. They exploded and they have since put out just tons and tons of videos and even original music albums on Spotify, you name it, they've done it. And they've also traveled the world a few times over, which is how I know they have fans on at least three continents. All right. Because I have met their fans firsthand and they are cray cray in the best possible way. Okay. So sit back and enjoy this incredible conversation from 2014 with Cimarelli. They got me feeling like a Well, here we are in the Love Good Music studio in Nashville, Tennessee, with some very special guests. As usual, my name is Jimmy Mitchell, and we have with us today Cimarelli, six amazing, beautiful sisters here to tell us all about their life and their career and what it's like being so amazing. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Guys, it is such a pleasure. Seriously, I, I know we've kind of been familiar with each other, maybe at a distance since you guys moved here seven months ago. Is that about right? About mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, how you like in Nashville being from Southern California? We love it. Yeah. 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 First of all, we're from Northern California. Ooh, ooh, There's sorry. a distinction. Oh, yeah. There is a distinction. But we, we moved from, from Southern, Southern California. California. Yeah. Lived there for and a few years. And we are all happier here and we have all blossomed in many ways here. Yes. So I'm very happy that we are here now. So what is it about Nashville you think so far? Well, um, in my opinion, this is Danny, um, <laughs> mainly it's the people. Yeah. Like, the, I don't know. I didn't make like, I made like maybe three friends when I was in Southern in California over the course of five years that I still talk to, like literally like three people. But um, here I've made like so many more friends and it was so easy. Mm-hmm. It is just so much more like yeah. open here. There's like a sense of warmth. I feel mm-hmm. that people have like welcoming and, and community. Like, yeah, community. Like, community. It feels like people are there for you. But and help it's each not other like out. it's not like some places in Southern California where it's like a community where like there, if you wait, weren't born into was, it, then like you got to go. There was no community. In LA, there were clicks. Yeah, okay. There were so many clicks. It was like an overgrown 
high school. It is. Oh, yeah. Now, we love Nashville. Yeah, that's very different. I, my experience in Nashville is very similar, that everybody's got an open door and an open heart, and they just want to build up this beautiful thing. Yes, that open Nashville. hearts. Yep. That's what it is. That's it. I love well, it. Okay, so I just want to hear, like, where did this whole thing begin? I know you guys are from a big family. There's 11 kids 11 total. 11 kids. I'm imagining a mom and a dad who are still madly in love with each other. <laughs> after all these years I mean, what's it like oh it's, it's really lit. really fun and very unique <laughs> loud yes. it's loud, loud, loud. Uh-huh. I got to see the most since I'm the oldest so wow. yeah she did got to see more years than them like, I missed to how give many you, years did I miss okay this is to give you a really weird <laughs> Wait, example I just want to say that this is us trying to do a good job of not talking over each other yeah. <laughs> that gives you a huge <laughs> into our home life we're trying yeah. really hard to let each other talk and it's really hard but um especially for me because we the understand the, the six conversations oh, at once but nobody else um, to give you an example of what it's like with a big family, Danny is sitting across from me. She's 15. I'm 25. But I changed her diapers and, like, fed her her baby food. <laughs> like, Danny's, like, thrown up on me. Oh, I've wow. burped her. I've held her. It is a very strange thing. Now she's taller than me. And that's just, you know, one of my sisters. Okay, to give you, and here's another, like, picture to paint. Like, there's always music. There's always, like, people either playing music, like, on, Eating. like, like through speakers or, like, on the piano. There's, like, always food everywhere. Like, people are always people cooking. Making food. You put a pizza on food. the counter and it's gone it within goes five seconds. So fast. So fast. There's a lot there's of always stuff going there's on. There's a lot of hiding food. Oh, yes. My gosh. When you live in the same house. Oh, it's kind of scary. Yes. You gotta find your hiding spot, like, the top <laughs> shelf. But then people will find it. You gotta find a new hiding Everyone's spot. Everyone's got their own hiding <laughs> spot. Yeah. That's so great. So what is it like then, uh, obviously being such a musical family, uh, growing up, did your parents teach you guys how to sing, how to play? Well, our mom has a master's in music and she taught us to sing when she when we were really young. She wanted to like see how young kids could learn to harmonize. So we were pretty much doing it. And she also started a choir at our church specifically for us. Hmm. So it was like her her passion for music. But our dad's also, he's a he's a contractor. But he loves music, like just he's just an appreciator of music. So it was interesting having like she was trained and he was just a lover. So it was always on in our house in different ways between classical from her and classic rock from him. He like blasts music all the time and then sings really loud randomly. <laughs> like so it's really weird. So uh, we do the same thing. Like I think he sings really loud randomly, way yeah. more than our mom yeah. ever does. Oh, yeah. Our, yeah. Dad our dad will just be in the kitchen like cooking and then he'll start singing like like one of our songs, I'd be like, yeah. "This renegade's not changing." He'll sing it like really high. No, he sings really he high, and he like imitates us. But it's so funny. but then it made us kind of like not scared to just sing randomly. Yeah. I remember we'd be like at our friends' houses all the time. It's happened to us all the time, and we'd be like singing randomly, and friends would be like, "Whoa." Are you singing? I'm like, like, didn't oh. even realize I was doing it. You just randomly start singing a line out of nowhere, yeah. and then it just happens. Our dad always says, like, he, quote, can't sing. This is me air quoting. But um, he actually can, can. and it's yeah. a lie. It's so funny. So what are people's reactions when they find out that not only, you know, are you guys amazing, beautiful, <laughs> wholesome, all of these things. You've got these <laughs> harmonies that are just airtight. But then they find out your sisters, and from what I can tell, you, you get along really well. What, what are most people's reactions to that phenomenon? <laughs> Mainly something really dramatic. They, they love what? us or they hate us. <laughs> yes. People true. love or hate us. Yes. Because yeah, they're reaction. like, that's too much. Uh, no, some people think positivity. it's fake. Like, they think that we, like, oh, yeah. secretly hate each other, which is not true at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of skeptics out there. I mean, how could it be this good? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not perfect. Uh, yeah, we definitely funny. fight. We definitely no, fight. No, we fight, but we're pretty respectful about it or else this wouldn't be working. Like, yeah, I've been yeah. really, um, I read a lot about, like, business and running a business and all the stuff that I do, and I have to be, I had to really, like, learn to be respectful because I was not, I'm really 
kind of like a dictator. So I've been working on it a lot to make this into like a team yeah. and to let everyone have their voice instead of yeah. me like being the dictator. It works out So nice, I've had to work on that a lot. And we've had, you know, we had to work on a lot of things yeah. within our group. And we do every day. So before we dig into the music, I would love to just hear what makes each of you tick. You know, Ooh, when, it's, when it's not music getting you out of bed in the morning, what is it? What motivates you to, to not snooze the third and fourth time? Ooh. Okay, um, I'm going to say since I have so many. Oh, this is Danny. Sorry. Since I have so many things that I love, like I'm going to say generally anything like visual. So like hair, makeup, and then also like interior design and like decorating, stuff like that. How did I do? Upstairs in my house. How's, how's it look? Oh, it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think it has a little bit of a manly edge to it. It does. It does. But some artistic sensibilities. Yeah, it all kind of goes together. Okay, great, great. Um, this is Amy. Um, well, okay, I have very different sides to me. I have the one side that's very, like, rule-following, law-driven. Like, I love politics and stuff like that. Um, but then I have another side of me that's very weird and hippie-like and creative where I like to color all day long and make... I found a new passion for making collages, and I'm making my friend a collage for her phone background. She's like, I want you to be, like, emo, but not, like, my chemical romance, but, like, emotional. I'm like, I know exactly what you want. So I'm making her a collage. That is so great. So, Amy, are you into the whole political scene right now, and yes. do you follow the debates, yes. and do you have any favorite candidates? Um, well... Yeah, I'm just, um, I like to keep my opinion to myself at the moment. <laughs> I will really not smart. for my life, but yeah. uh, right now. We I'm, just have a policy. We don't talk about po- political stuff yet, but we're probably going to be, day. actually, I'm definitely going to be coming out of there Me at too. some point. Well, that's great. I mean, I went from watching the Republican debate last night to seeing Hillary Clinton on the late shows and. They were all hilarious. I mean, it was just pure entertainment. Uh, last <laughs> night, so. I will funny. say it's the most interesting political race we've had in I a very agree. long time. It is time. so interesting, <laughs> which is great. It's getting it's kind of like a brave it. new world. All right, That's so great, Lauren. How about you? Um, well, this is Lauren. Um, <laughs> I like like drawing and painting a lot, and like writing, just like anything creative. I like a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, this is Lisa, and I like. If I wasn't a musician, I'd be a makeup artist or, yeah, I'm not really that into hair anymore, but I used to be. But besides, yeah, hair and makeup and then, what else do I like? Painting Nails. on occasion, nail art. Um, <clears throat> she's actually cats. She's like an artist. I love makeup. cats. I have a cat that <laughs> sleeps on my head. He's we share a pillow. Wow, you're not allergic, obviously. No. No, I she am. She does. lives there. Well, <laughs> when Lisa went, um, when Lisa slept over at our parents' house, her cat decided to sleep on my head. Oh. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was yeah, really weird. Yeah, but he weird. loves me more. He knows I'm the alpha, and I feed him, and I keep him alive. So I'm like the opposite of allergic. I'm allergic to not having him around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate cats. They're independent. They're pretty mischievous. Uh, they're not nearly as needy or emotionally exhausting as dogs. They're kind of evil sometimes, you know? though. I am. Yeah. That's <laughs> why it? I hate them. Okay, on, on, on to you, Christina. Okay, so basically when I'm not being like a business man, which is actually accurate, I think, because I'm kind of manly in our business stuff, not being like running this whole thing, then I'm doing one of two things. Well, general broad things. I'm either being like a librarian on the one side, and I'm like, I'm reading nonstop. I'm researching. I'm taking notes. I'm writing. I'm like learning everything I possibly can or I'm on a rampage about being childlike. Huh. So I'm doing anything that's fun that everyone forgot about or said you're not allowed to do when you're 25. And I'm just having fun and being free and energetic and being a child. I'm the most childlike out of all of us, which is weird because I'm also the man running this. I'm <laughs> that saying that so because cool. I act like a man, not because whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you got a multifaceted, well-developed personality. It's very it confusing like it. for me. Now, what is it about being childlike? I just recently heard someone say, I, I want to be more like a child because they're utterly transparent uh, and they utterly live in the present moment, which I thought were two pretty True. good descriptors of a child. Yes. What is it for okay. you that you like? I it? can tell you exactly what it is. I mean, Children throw their hands in the air and they scream and they say like, I love this. When's last time? You saw someone in their 20s <laughs> throw their hands up and go, I love, insert whatever. When is the last time? I do that all the time because I love that. And I think everyone just gets really, really old, even though they're not re- really old. They yeah. act like they're like, I don't know. I just don't like it. As I'm getting older, I'm trying to like cope with getting older. And I'm like, because everyone in, my, in the 20s, like I'm 25, they just have this thing like trying to be adults and whatnot, which we are, you know. But I don't think it has to be the way that everyone's doing it. It has to be depressing. Yeah, yeah. it seems kind of depressing. Adulting. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. What's the alternative? And then I'm like, oh, you be mature, responsible, but you also get back in touch with what was fun when you were younger that you abandoned because you're trying to be old. Mm. Christina, do you ever read any G.K. Chesterton by chance? No. So he's one of my favorites. So I need to get on? Well, British journalist and uh, brilliant guy uh, used to write for the London Times and was just very well known in his day and age for debating people publicly. And he was an atheist who ended up becoming a Christian and and really read himself, I think, into a life of faith. But he maintained all these Mm. friendships with the leading atheists of the time. And Mm. they would debate publicly. And it was like it was like watching like the the, the hypothetical Trump Clinton debate in my mind. You know, it's just like so ridiculous and funny but there's going to be some like real truth you know that mm-hmm. that's going to be discussed and so I, with Cheshton he used to say that you know our father in heaven is younger than us because we have we have grown old we have grown mm. old oh, in our, in our selfishness this. or in our whatever yes you know? I yes. love this so the biggest thing is bitterness for me yeah. that's what I see people get in yeah. as they get older so I try to like say what I'm feeling in the moment because I do not want to get into that but I just went yeah. on a tangent Kath you can get to your um I I'm really passionate about writing. Like, that's my favorite thing. It's since I was a little kid, I've always loved writing poetry. And my biggest goal in life is to publish books. Like, I, I've always wanted to do that. And I plan on doing, like, nonfiction and poetry um, after, our after like, music isn't as busy, I guess. Or maybe simultaneously. And I also really love um, people. Like, I'm very passionate about relationships. And I love to be a part of the community and, like, try to, like, I don't know, make a mark like, help people out, like, really connect people and enrich their lives through, like, relationship or different causes that I feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. That's, like, I don't know. Those you are my interests. Show. Yeah. It's really funny because Christina and Catherine love to research things and then tell each other about their findings. Yeah, like, both I was researching this. Because we're opposite. We're complete opposites. But I had that in common. But when we research, we find opposite things, basically, about, yeah. the, about the topics. And then we're, like, sharing. And we're like, but what about this? Between oh, us, there's a lot of that no- perspective. It's Catherine so loves to research people and all their relationships. Yeah. So she'll find a person and she'll research everything she can find about them. And we'll be like, like, oh, I bet she has Or also diseases. I love researching diseases. So I know that funny. sounds I don't like doing that. No, 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 It's no. like my hidden talent. Well, too good. Well, tell me, what is y'all's hope in being this this act called Cimarelli, this group of sisters who currently are traveling mm-hmm. the, the globe with, I think, just over a billion YouTube combined views <laughs> recently. Yeah. Almost. Uh, it's just adding yeah. It's just remarkable, the lives that are being touched uh, by who you are and what you do on a stage as well as, I'm sure, off stage. So wh- what is y'all's hope as people <laughs> come across your music and probably most importantly, each of you as individuals and as a, as a sisterhood? Well, it really like changed the last year 
Um, in the beginning, honestly, like I was literally just like, I want to be really successful. And I was really driven by more like greed in the beginning. I was like, I want like fame and money mm. when I started. And mm. I was like, I want people to like notice me. I didn't say that outright, but I, but in my heart, I realized looking back, like that's really what I wanted, which is what a you lot of people like, know what, I want. You were like 16? Yeah, I was a teenager and I was like, that's what I really want. I want to have like nice things. And I want people to like know who I am. Mm. And then as we got more and more of that, we got more into that. Then I was like, uh, this is really depressing. And I was just really unhappy and I just didn't feel good. And I just felt like I was constantly in this um, competition that I didn't want to be in, that I didn't know I put myself in, mm. and I could not get out of it, constantly comparing and never feeling good enough. Even though we were doing things most people would never do that were like once in a lifetime, one in a million things, I felt like it wasn't good enough because where I was surrounded by everyone, it was like normal there. And it was mm. just like, I didn't know what was going on. And then I kind of decided like, this is depressing. I need to change something. Um, and I said to everyone, like, we need to figure out what we're doing. We need to, like, make this, like, fulfilling somehow because this is really depressing. And then we wrote a song called You're Worth It. And um, it was about self-worth and it was really inspired by our own lives and what we've been through. And then also a lot of things we've heard from fans because I did not anticipate mm. going into this. We didn't know social media wasn't a thing when I started. It was, like, a very small thing. It was, like, MySpace. And <laughs> it was, like, nothing. Like, I was 16 and um, Twitter, I didn't know that was going to be there. I didn't know... We were going to have thousands and thousands of people telling us their stories and telling us about their depression and their family problems and really dark times in their lives. I had no idea I was going to have access to that. No, most people will never have access to that. And we have this on a daily basis, which is very unique, very confusing, very interesting experience. So we were kind of inspired by that, wrote the song called You're Worth It, and we performed it, and we noticed something like changed in us and in the audience, and it was like, wow, this is like a sense of purpose. And I really got more in touch with God towards the end of L.A., those five years, and then we moved here, I got even more in touch, and that's when it really changed. Is um, This last year, I really like surrendered. 2015, for once, I didn't make any goals. I've never done that in my life. The only goal I had was I want to find like fulfillment in my career because this is depressing, mm. and that's when we moved here was um, in that year, but that um, really brings me to what I want people to take away, which I finally figured out, is um, basically... I just, like, pray about everything, and I say, like, okay, God, what do you want us to do? And I try to just go with my gut feelings. I feel like he speaks to me through gut feelings, I think. I don't know. That's what I guess. And I kind of just go with whatever it is I feel we should do, and I don't focus on success. I just say, like, God will provide for us, like, money-wise, all of that. He'll provide. We just need to focus on the message. And what my big thing is, we just want people to come away with like a positive feeling to feel better about themselves, better about life, to like shed some like light into their lives. Mm. And we just want it to be a positive thing. And it's kind of, um, it's not like I want us to be on a pedestal because I don't see us on a pedestal. It's not like us up here looking down at people telling them stuff. We sing these songs, we sing them to ourselves on stage, to each other on stage, to the audience, to everyone. So I just want people to feel better about themselves and to see a different side of life, a more wholesome and innocent side that gets made fun of or gets lost or that they don't know is there or is an option. Mm. It's so beautiful. There's two things that stand out. One, that you were climbing to the heights of success in a pop music career and you still found that there was this existential void. There was something oh, yes. in you that was restless and miserable Very apart restless. from a sense of mission Oh my gosh, and so purpose, restless. Which I think is part of the human experience across the board. The world offers us all these things that we think satisfy, 
Um, but if they become our ultimate end, we're miserable. We're exactly. Just miserable. So. All right, what's happening next? What are you guys uh, anticipating for 2016? Well, yeah, I'm not going to go through all the plans. We haven't even announced most of them yet. We're about to announce them. We have a lot. I basically made a giant list of projects this year, and I said, like, this year, um, two words are risk and impact. Of the, Those are words of the year. So we're trying to do things that feel a little risky to us, like, could we really do that? Can we really put ourselves out there in that way? Hmm. That helped me determine, like, which projects to do. And they aren't really that crazy, but it feels like a risk when you're putting yourself out there. So we made a list of projects that are going to be really fun and really new, which I haven't announced almost any of them yet. But um, Impact, the other big one, is about when we do every project and everything that we do, every song, every concert, we're going to all consider, like, what will make the biggest impact? Is there any way we could change this video and we can add something in that will make a bigger impact? So I think we could say that make a bigger impact. And we're going to try to make the biggest positive impact with every project we do, every little thing that we do this year. So I'm hoping that this year we'll really put ourselves out there. We'll get our hearts broken because when you put yourself out there, you get your heart broken and we'll rise up stronger and feel a lot better. We'll feel a lot more hopeful. And I'm hoping hope is another big word of, of our message. We want to spread hope mm. is what we really want to do this year. We want to make an impact by spreading hope to people. Just just the idea that there is hope or that you can get your hopes up mm. and you're not scared of your heart breaking because you know you will still always have hope to hold on to that tomorrow might be better next week, <laughs> next year, whatever it is. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. one of our big values um, is courage and mm. not not getting necessarily attached to the outcome of what you're doing, but really just doing things with the intention of being brave and and living that way will be rewarding regardless of what happens with, you know, your hopes and dreams, the projects that you're working on. Because you know you are living in a way that's courageous and that kind of is fulfilling in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. yeah, like no matter what we do this year, like whatever like tours we go on or whatever, like projects we do or whatever. Like even if like they all failed, for example, whatever, whatever. Everything <laughs> failed. Everything failed. Nobody went to anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I think even like... I don't know. I think I would still be okay be with fine. what happened because, like, the most important thing for us is, like, connecting with our fans and changing their lives. And we've already done so much of that, and we're going to do so much more of that. So I think that's the most important yes. thing is making some sort of difference in someone's life if it's, like, on if it's turning out to be really negative. Mm. Yeah. Like, making their lives more positive. We like, didn't know this. Important. We didn't know this until we did our first concert where we sang You're Worth It. And when you look into... A teenage girl's eyes and she's like crying or looking at you like like you can you're connecting with her and she's looking at you with this face that's like of insecurity and pain but maybe a little bit of hope and all these mixed emotions it's the most powerful thing like (laughs) i i can't even describe how powerful it is and once we all experienced that the first time we did it we all sat backstage we looked each other and we were like we couldn't even talk we were just like we were all speechless and we were like something just happened we don't know what just happened but we just found like what we're actually supposed to be doing with our career. Yeah, exactly. That was like, like the moment. Yeah, it was in Portugal, Portugal, actually. Portugal. We just got off stage. We were just like, we sat in what? that smoky cafe. Yeah. Like, what happened? I, wow. that, yeah, I remember that show because I literally was crying so hard I couldn't sing and it was really embarrassing. But I was like, whatever, I'll just cry. Like, I couldn't sing. And like, for us, I think it's really important because we realized that a lot of people live their lives with all these emotions and all these underlying currents that are the same. As everyone, everyone has these underlying things like feelings, like not feeling good enough and all this stuff, but nobody talks about them and nobody makes them 
feel like they're good enough. Nobody mm-hmm. tells them that they actually are. They just say, like, oh, well, you have to do this, and then you're good enough. I mean, our culture, like, survives off of people selling us things to make us feel better about yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, people make millions off of that. And it's like, we want to help people and tell them, like, even if no one in their whole lives is telling them that they are worth it and they are worth being happy and they can be happy, that we want to tell them that they can. Mm-hmm. That's something that's very important to us. Mm. Yeah. I'm so inspired. I mean, it's not just the— <laughs> It's not just the beauty of the music, because I have been listening to your top 10 hits on Spotify on repeat the last <laughs> oh week or so. Oh my gosh. Especially when I'm going on my runs. It just keeps me going, you know? Oh, yes! Uh, but seriously, y'all are just wicked talented. Uh, your music's amazing. Uh, but each of you are so incredibly beautiful. And I think that's kind of what is really standing out to me. And I'm sure anybody that meets y'all and has an opportunity like I'm having right now to, to see a little bit of the heart behind each of you, um, that kind of beauty, it does elevate the soul. It does put hope where there was once despair. So small example, a friend of mine is a pianist, a really brilliant composer, does a lot of prison ministry. So he'll go into prisons, death row, for example, and do these concerts for men that have probably not heard live music in years and oh years God, and years. Wow. And there's this one story he always tells of an inmate uh, who stands up in the middle of a song, completely interrupts him, and is weeping. And he says, Eric... Thank you. I forgot what hope felt like. Oh. And I think that's what's, that's what's happening when that middle school or high school girl is in tears in the middle of a concert because yes. she's suddenly brought to this very painful awareness of, of her woundedness and her brokenness and her desire to be loved and her desire mm-hmm. to be beautiful. And you guys are speaking truth into a very dark and despairing world. Uh, so I just could not affirm you more in that. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody who's listening, uh, they're going to be obsessed with you on on impact, like at the moment of hearing your voices and your songs. So let's uh, just close with how we can stay in touch with you, how people can be continuing to follow you uh, personally as well as, you know, in your career. All of our social media, you can pretty much look us up on any of it, but it's just Cimarelli, C-I-M-O-R-E-L-L-I. That's our name. Our Twitter is at Cimarelli Band. Our YouTube is Cimarelli The Band. Facebook is facebook.com slash Cimarelli Band. Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Cimarelli Band. Snapchat. Snapchat is It's, it's Cimarelli. Cimarelli. <laughs> All one word. Our Twitters are just, you know, just look up our names. They'll come up. Yeah. That's awesome. Cannot thank you guys enough for your time today. Thanks for being here. Thank, thank you, you for When will you realize, baby, Here's the really crazy thing is so much life has happened since this conversation with Cimarelli six years ago. Okay, I think half of them are now married or something like that. It's, it's been crazy. In fact, they've gone from six in the band to now five. And I must say, I think they've just continued to explode. I, they have over a billion combined views of all of their YouTube videos, okay? We're talking about nearly a million followers on Instagram. And that's just their Cimarelli band. It's like if you go to Instagram and you type in Cimarelli Band, you're going to see their, their band profile. But then every single one of the sisters, from Catherine and Christina to Amy, all of them, Lauren, they have another few hundred thousand followers just of their personal accounts. I'm saying this because we sometimes, I don't know, if you're anything like me, you think social media is just the worst. You're, you're kind of over it. You're ready for real life again. You're, you're tired of all the manipulation and the noise. You know, I, I just watched this 
this documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Many people have watched it now. And it really captures nicely a lot of the research that I've been doing about surveillance capitalism and the fact that these major platforms, they, they really do turn us users, free users, into their products, right? They're, they're selling our behavior and making billions of dollars off of us. You can't help but feel a bit manipulated by that. But what's wonderful about Cimarelli is they're a shining light. They're a beautiful reminder that social media, like any tool, can be used for great good, okay? Social media is morally neutral, and it's good if it leads to good, and it's evil if it leads to evil. In the case of Cimarelli, thanks be to God, it leads to good. And obviously, that's what Love Good is all about, to help us all love what is good so we can become what we love and get out there and change the world. So here we are at the beginning of a new year. And this is a great time to go ahead and follow Lovegood on Instagram, to follow Cimarelli on Instagram, and to go ahead and get more disciplined than ever with how we use social media, right? To not let it become this addiction, to not let it become this, this constant passive idle drift as we scroll our phone for minutes, hours on end. We can all do better than that. In fact, uh, I think really following the right kinds of accounts can be really huge, but also having those limits and those boundaries, right? I never have my phone anywhere near my bed anymore. All right? I plug it in two rooms over and I wake up to a very annoying, a very annoying alarm clock. But guess what? I get out of bed. And the first thing I do is I pray. Rather than scroll my feed, the first thing I do is pray. It makes all the difference in the world. So anyways, follow Love Good on social media, but don't get addicted. Certainly follow Cimarelli and have an amazing continuation of the beginning of 2021. We'll see you next week. I've got two more of these throwback episodes next week with Nick Fabian and the week after that with Chris Cole. Okay. Nick Fabian, you guys love Nick already. He's been on our podcast multiple times, but again, this is one of those throwback conversations from 2014 when Nick was first moving to Nashville and first getting his career off the ground. I can't wait for you to hear it. We'll be back next week with Nick. In the meantime, stay classy. We'll see you soon. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.